Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, I'm starting the podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, IGN UK podcast with Matt Jones. Hello. Matt Perslow. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? All right. Thank you, Simon. How are you? Uh, do you know what? I am actually, I'm quite well, thank you. I'm Excellent. having a lovely time. Um, yeah, yeah. Just enjoying, man. Just enjoying life. You know what I mean? It's nice to enjoy life. It's that springtime it? feeling, really. <laughs> Suddenly, Ooh. or I'm happy all of a sudden. Exactly, could do with a little bit more sun, but oh, maybe we'll get that at some point. Um, what are we going to talk about this week? That was some Star Wars, new Star Wars game out. Uh, Matt, you've played quite a bit of that Star mm-hmm. Wars game. We'll hear some thoughts. Um, I've played 15 minutes of the Star Wars game, so I'll have very in-depth thoughts. I'll probably <laughs> say more about it than you, I imagine. Um, <laughs> then, uh, what are we do? We'll have a very quick chat about The Mandalorian. See what we thought about uh, the latest season of that. And then what? Black Mirror's back in a few weeks. June, out of nowhere. After what, a few years? Was it 2017? No, I was I was, was IGN 20, when the... Oh no, 2019. Yeah. 2019. Um, but it does feel like yeah, a, a total years. lifetime ago. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> a whole history of, of you, even. Uh, <laughs> if we're going to be really annoying like that. Um, we'll talk about some of our favourite Black Mirror episodes in anticipation for that new season. And... I know there's some big Barry fans here. Barry's back for its fourth and final season. We're talking about the guy from EastEnders, not the... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Barry from EastEnders. I mean, I am a huge Barry from EastEnders fan. But um, yes, uh, Barry, the show is back for its final season. I'm only two episodes into the first season, so I wouldn't worry about getting that spoiled for you because I've entrusted these gentlemen here to not spoil anything. Although I've seen trailers for season four, I can't avoid them, so I kind of know how season three ends. But I don't think that's going to spoil much for me. But there we go. That's what we're talking about this week. Let's just get into it. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I think me... I don't know if... uh, Matt Jones, we've spoken much about this game before, but I know me and Matt are very much on the same uh, plane of thinking about this game. That we think it's a fodder seven out of ten. Is that right? Um, uh, yeah, I Fallen mean, Order. Yeah, so not, yeah. I, I know you were talking about Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I revisited it as well before I played Survivor, and I like it, but I do not think it is everything that some other people. I know that it's quite well thought of in other circles, but yeah, I yeah. think it's fine. I enjoyed it enough, yeah. Just didn't th- think it was, you know, yeah, some the second really... coming of Star Wars games. Yeah, there's some really good ideas in it, and uh, but I also think like its level design is occasionally quite pants, as they say, mm-hmm. and the lightsaber combat isn't well, all it could be. That being said, I think people will therefore be thrilled to hear that after finishing Jedi Survivor, you think this is a very good game indeed. Ah, oh, it's a cracker. I love it. I really like <laughs> it. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure if I'd have given it the nine that we've given it personally. I think for me, it's a very high eight. Um, but I think it is head and shoulders above Fallen Order for me. The um, the main thing for that is twofold. The lightsaber combat, fucking stonking, mate. <laughs> uh, if they're, my 
one of the big problems I had with Fallen Order is I think that the lightsaber feels a bit like a baseball bat. Um, okay. It's kind of like it's like hitting someone with a blunt object, mm-hmm. and it's quite. Yeah. The combat's very defensive in that it's very Dark Souls in that you hold up a defense until the window opens and then you attack. Mm. Um, Fallen Order, A, makes the lightsaber feel like a sword because you can hack people's limbs off. Clearly, that's what the lightsaber was made for. It's the first thing it does in a Star Wars Mm -hmm. film. Um, And B, the the cadence of the combat is much closer to Sekiro now than it is kind of Dark Souls, Mm. which, yes, Fallen Order... Sorry, Jedi Survivor is a challenging game, but don't worry, it's not Sekiro in terms of kind of like absolute balls-to-the-wall difficulty. It's uh, on its regular difficulty. I think it feels completely fair for a regular person to play. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, expect that some of the bosses might give you a little bit of a a challenge. Yeah, I will say from my first, my in-depth 15 minutes (laughs) playtime with uh, Jedi Survivor, I get that straight away from the first time you use that lightsaber. It's like you're you're slicing people up. It feels good. Like you're encouraged to go on the attack. And that's what I like about that. And yeah. What else do I ever say about Jedi Survivor in the 15 minutes? It looks gorgeous. It does. Like yeah. the first game, I thought looked a little rough around the edges. Like it could I think I think it's a decent looking game, but it certainly mm. has uh, the. I think the famous one is the Wookies look dreadful in that first game, yeah. and some of the more organic environments suffer. Yeah. Whereas this one, what you start off, what it sets you straight on Coruscant at the start, mm-hmm. and it just looks beautiful. It reminds me of the opening of um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah, I can <laughs> in see a that. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a shiny city. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, my only my initial impressions are combat feels good in the first fifteen minutes, looks beautiful, and I know the first game had this, but and I've look, you can answer much better to, than than this uh, about this than me. But is there more? It feels already more influenced by an uncharted than it does a dark souls so i would say i think the level design is like crack on like top tier in this like i actually Mm -hmm. the more i thought about it the more i actually think the level design in this is better than god of war ragnarok's and i really like god of war ragnarok's level design Mm -hmm. very naughty very metroidvania the problem i have with the level design in fallen order is that i really like the concept and it does a lot of things that i like which is that Everything builds to shortcuts, right? And brings you back to certain areas and links different tiers of the world together. But in Fallen Order, there's a tendency for when you look at the environment, you can see the level design because particularly the first planet is like giant pieces of chalk that are carved into (laughs) Lego bricks. And you can see all the ramps, you can see all the different tiers. It just feels like you're looking at a blueprint that's been overlaid with a texture all of the level design in Survivor looks like a genuine Star Wars planet. And you can see all of the clever level design in it and recognize like how one tier leads into another, how this area is designed to complement either the climbing or the wall running or some sort of shortcut that you've developed. Um, but it never breaks the illusion. And yes, because of that amount of emphasis that's put on that, when you bring up Uncharted, there's particularly in the Coruscant section, there's a lot more in between combat encounters of like really interesting traversal design. Like there's a lot of kind of like the climbing, there's a lot of the wall running, there's a lot of as the game goes on, it does that kind of almost Nintendo y thing of chaining together movement abilities. So Ooh. as your movement set increases, you'll get things like a you get a grapple hook very early on in the game, like that that you get on Coruscant. Um, but you'll soon be able to mix that with force abilities like double jump, grapple hook, 
wall run, leap, dash through the air, grapple hook again, yeah. leap, fire yourself through a thing. And like when all of that works, well, then suddenly you see the Titanfall in it. It's like oh, that's yeah. that's the beauty of Titanfall, right? Is that you, there's there's an achievement in this game for like not hitting the floor in sixty seconds, and <laughs> that's that's the Titanfall DNA straight coming through there. It's it's, it's absolutely yeah. wonderful when it works at I, like full capacity. I do like how um even just like fifteen minutes in um I like how um yeah you just have everything you ended for Nord with it mm-hmm. doesn't do that thing of stripping you about like no, no, you have you, to like you don't have to learn how to remember how to double jump you know you've yeah. still you rem- he remembers how to do that which he, is nice he's a jedi now like he's a full-fledged yeah. jedi. and yes he was supposed to be a full-fledged jedi at the start of the last one <laughs> but he's obviously gone into hiding um but this one yeah way more of the fact that like you start with it, it has like a small tutorial where it's just reminds you how to force pull force push all of that and then it's like yeah go on and all the things that you gain as it goes on, or either the result of Cal increasing his experience as a Jedi or picking up items in the world that mean that you've got a gadget that works with the Force power. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can... From... Yeah, it sounds like it plays incredibly well and it looks like it plays incredibly mm-hmm. well. Like, what about the story? Because the story... For the first time, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a decent Star Wars story. Cal Kestis not my favorite like you know star wars protagonist mm-hmm. like how how is the story in the new one so i think the story is probably what prevents me from pushing it into a nine i mm-hmm. think as a narrative experience for 85 percent of it it's it's very standard like you you learn of a thing and you're heading off to find thing um mm-hmm. and there's an enemy that's probably going to stop you along the way what I will say is in the last 15% of the game, whole fucking boy does all the pieces slot together and suddenly it is the story that I wish I'd been playing already mm-hmm. for 25 hours. Um, so it does all pay off, but narratively, you're going to spend the best part of 17 hours following a very, very standard, almost like plot outline rather than plot. But okay. when it does get plot heavy, it goes plot heavy. Yeah, I'm looking forward. To, I mean, I can, I'm, I was kind of like semi looking forward to this game just because I think we we were both fairly mm-hmm. you know lukewarm on the original one, and yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about this. Like I've heard slight te- like the first one was played with some quite bad technical issues mm-hmm. at launch. This one I've heard does have some, especially on PC. I think it's quite bad at the moment, but from what I've seen, it it's running okay. Especially I'm playing in performance mode, which I think mm-hmm. you should anyway for a game yeah. of combat mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, but, I yeah. um. I understand that from our news team that there's a very big patch happening today, like a colossally okay. big patch for a lot of people. Um, I, I'll i have to admit in this, I played it in performance mode as well, but I was also playing at 1080p as part of the workflow for... Now we're mm-hmm. working from home, it is much easier to upload 1080p files, which when you use yeah. our capture stuff is like 10 gig for a boss fight mm-hmm. um, than it is uh, to do it at 4K. So I have been playing it at a much lower resolution, which I think has helped it. You're playing in performance mode at only 1080p. But what yeah. I will say is I had some frame drops, mostly in cutscenes, weirdly, but I think that might be because... The cutscenes definitely, from what I can see, have like, you know how in Horizon they add like a post-processing onto the um, cutscenes. So the lighting is much nicer in the cutscene. It gets used the full lighting rig rather Mm -hmm. than just the in-game lighting rig. I think it definitely does that. So I can understand why there was a few frame drops there. But for the most part, I'd say at performance, I was 
like I didn't have a problem. Like it wasn't like my parries yeah. weren't hitting because the timing window was out. Yeah, Matt. Other Matt. Um, do you have? I know you're not really into this game, but did you play Fallen Order at all? I played about 30 minutes of Fallen Order. <laughs> okay. I slid down a hill. That was pretty cool. And I've uh, heard there's like almost no sliding in this the, one. The, so the really so there's a little bit of sliding, but the really bad versions of the slides, as in like the Sonic style sliding. All gone. Mm. Don't worry about it. It's fucking gone. Do there we go. You can come back. I might have, yeah. like, I, if I'd have known that there was a lot of sliding in it, I might have just queued up a button that played uh, uh, Escape from the City from uh, the Sonic Adventure soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I that might have made it really good. Uh, yeah, I, I felt the same thing about the lightsaber not feeling as if it actually has any impact. And I was like, if I'm playing this Star Wars game, mm-hmm. I really want this sort of stuff to be impactful. So, you know, maybe there is room for Jedi Survivor mm-hmm. among the 8 million other games I've got to play at the minute yeah, and then more to come. Well, Mm-hmm. We're hitting a real uh, clog of well, clog. A, it's a, a lot. patch of good games mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, like I know a lot of people want to be playing this before Zelda comes out mm-hmm. in two weeks. Like, like you said, it took you what seventeen, eighteen hours. So, or so my total clock at the end was twenty-one hours, and that was for a mostly focused. Like, I did a lot of every area I went to, I explored it. What I thought was like a reasonably thorough amount. So it wasn't like I was jetting from A to B. But I have mostly done just the story. There is on top of this. So the the way that the planet structure works in this game is slightly different to the first game in that there are two major planets, one called Kobo and one called Jeddah. Um, And they kind of like act as your kind of like hub worlds. They're like, they are places that you're encouraged to go out and explore, particularly Kobo. Kobo is a planet where you keep coming back to it and a new bit opens up and it's constantly... A little bit like Midgard in God of War or something like that. Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are other planets dotted around the system that you will go to, like Coruscant, where the game opens, that are basically levels that you're only there for that section of the story. Um, So there's still quite a lot of... I've only like explored 68% of Kobo, I think. Um, And Kobo has your home base on it where there's a cantina that you meet new characters and you get them to come back to the cantina and they add new kind of like that kind of open world style stuff so you can get like you find a dj and you get the dj to come back and he plays records for you and then you can go out and buy new records for him there's a person that you meet that has you know the hollow chess that they play on the millennium falcon Mm -hmm. it's like a semi version of that it's not chess it's it's like What's that? I am in. <laughs> I what's am that? all in um, on this game now. What's the auto battler? The, 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 you know the Dota auto battler? Mm-hmm. And oh, then auto a, chess? Yeah, auto yes. chess, yeah. yeah. It's that, but every enemy that you find in the world, you can get BD1 to scan them, and oh. that adds them to your collection. I haven't heard... How haven't I heard about this yet? That this sounds amazing. This is great. <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. cool. So it's like, I didn't... I must say, because I'd ignored that I'd been finding these people in the world, but I wasn't going back to the cantina... Um, just because I was playing on with the story because kind of like for our workflow, I kind of needed to know what happened at the end to help with mm-hmm. like the grander IGN scheme. So it was only yesterday that I went back to the cantina to see all of these people that I've recruited. And so obviously I've scanned every enemy I've come across in the, in mm-hmm. the game. So suddenly I've got like this, it's like having a filled in Pokedex. That's just like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like on my first go against like the first uh, opponent you get is a guy called Turgle 
who is this weird oh, fucking I've frog freak. This. He's yeah, so, I've heard about him. He's genuinely very fun, like a proper Muppet-style kind of character. But he's the first opponent on this auto-battler thing. And so obviously he just puts down a couple of stormtroopers, but I could put down like a purge trooper or like a super battle droid or something Absolutely. like that. Because Yeah, at that point I've found all of these weird, like, you know, advanced versions. I, I do like that they fully lean into the Star Wars. Like, F- charm of it all like the first one had bits of this but almost like in the first 15 minutes alone i've seen like there's a very funny like the stormtroopers are stupid like they're missing a lot of shots and also like it's a very funny bit like it's a like blink and you'll miss it moment like the very first battle you do in a game is like there's a like a hovering spacecraft and there's stormtroopers in there like group by group jumping down to come at you like the first two come down, you dispatch them easily. It's like a tutorial, effectively. Then three jump down, but two of them land on the platform, and one of them just falls straight <laughs> off. <laughs> like one of them just like bangs his head basically on the edge and yeah. falls off. Like Great. I love that they're like fully linked. Like there's a there is a good amount of charm already to this game, and I'm really liking that. Yeah, it also you know it does a very clever way of you know the the Imperials were the main villain in the first game, right? Whereas mm. kind of like the Imperial is more of a for Survivor, you exist in a world where the Imperium is massive and is growing. Yeah. And so they are a constant threat. But the main sort of enemies of the game actually have, have just like claimed a shitload of battle droids. You know, like mm-hmm. these out-of-commission battle droids. And they've just claimed them. And so you fight a lot of battle droids in it. Which, you know, certain people... Joydica! Well, yeah, so the, what... yeah <laughs> you know, you'll find some of those. But, um, like, as enemies... The original, like, is it like the B1 battle droid, just the standard Raja Raja? Um, mm-hmm. They're quite amusing as, like, a video game villain, whilst they're a bit annoying in the films. I realise that they're effectively the grunts from Halo. Like, the grunts mm-hmm. from Halo run around shrieking and making funny noises, and it's kind of fun to blow them up. You have exactly the same thing with the battle droids, and I think that's deliberate because there is a model of Battle Droid that will just set off two thermal detonators and run at you, exactly <laughs> like the grunts do in uh, in Halo. So the way that they've used those is very good alongside much more dangerous foes. Yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into this weekend. I'm going to play yeah. so much of it. Like, and do you know what I'm most excited about? There's a lot of customization. Like, what did you go with? For- I've seen some like terrible mullet moustache-like yeah, combos. I, I must yeah. say, like, I'm probably quite boring when it comes to yeah. this sort of stuff. <laughs> like, I quite like the iconic character designs. And mm-hmm. um, for a lot of this game, I actually just kept him with the normal hairdo. But I, I went around with some of the different beard styles. There's a very mm-hmm. nice, like, proper Victorian big moustache and soul patch bit. Um, but His um, natural look is fairly similar. You've got fairly similar hair and, like, uh, stubble Not far tip. off, yeah. yeah I mean, you could cosplay it, a Calcastus. Yeah, yeah, I just need to dye, wouldn't I, to go from... I've got, like, a dirty blonde hair. I yeah. need to go a bit more kind of I always of thought you, um, you've always got a bit of a guy brush treat put to you. Yeah, definitely. I can see it's that. Curse of Monkey Island, guy mm-hmm. brush. Yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of, like... Uh, so no poncho, or at least I've not found a poncho. So sorry for the people that loved the poncho in the first game. Oh. But um, like early on, there's a lot of... I think kind of part of the inspiration is Kyle Katarn from the Jedi Knight games. And it does feel like this game in general is like a spiritual successor in a few ways. It's not the same genre by any means, but mm-hmm. his outfit is very much like Rebel Hero rather than I Am a Jedi. Um, but I did the thing where, like, you know, where you dress up your character to match their character arc. And so yeah. the more it went through and the more that kind of like him being a Jedi was important to the story, I started dressing him in more kind of like tunic style 
like Jedi-ish oh, kind of stuff. Such a natural storyteller. I, I love just... it. I love it. But you can get you can get stuff that's very much like makes him more of a Han Solo-ish character. You can get something that's a little bit more Lando Calrissian. You know, mm-hmm. you can kind of make him as suave or as like grotty as you want. Really, <laughs> nice. It is yeah, quite I... weird. Stapleton says this in his review. It is weird that you just find beards in treasure chests. That's quite. <laughs> I'm strange. into it. Why not? But, Why not? Yeah, and you can like buy them from vendors. It's just like here, have this beard in a Do box. You know, I kind of prefer that in a way than you know just going to like a Tatooine barber and mm-hmm. sitting there for a minute <laughs> like that. Would, although you could have a weird like alien doing your hair. Actually, oh, no, I do good. want that. I do want that. I've decided with like I fifty take... arms, each of them. <laughs> Holding yeah. a pair of scissors. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that, but I do really like the bartender in this game, which is a droid. But it's like it's like a all of the things in this game feel genuinely Star Wars, but they are all for the most part droid designs or um, like alien designs that I've not seen in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. So you, whilst you do get some, you know, like there's wampers in here and there's there's that not a hut, but there's a giant slug style uh, creature that I've seen in a Star Wars project before. I can't remember which one it is, but one of those is in it. But like Turgle is not like what I've seen before. There's there's a there's a little Scottish alien though. I'm not going to spoil any further than that. But he's really cool. <laughs> okay, um, I know lots the, uh, of fun. The question that's on everybody's mind: Bobby Frick in this one? Uh, Pete, uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. No, okay. no, no, Babu Fricks. Because if you go in thinking that there's going to be Babu Frick, you'll only be well, disappointed. Obviously, I, I already sadly know the answer to this question, but I know it's, a, it's also a burning one for many. Um, obviously, Saw Guerrero makes it, uh, is in uh, Fallen Order. He's he's mentioned in Survivor. I assume he's going to be in it at some point. He he's Does that definitely... mean there's? I, I'm not. I'm not worried about Saw Guerrero. Mm-hmm. I want to know is Borg Gullet making an appearance but Borg Gullet is is the is the big <laughs> piece de resistance of uh why have we just rogue one why why is Borg Gullet not making reappearance because every... he's rogue one he's just he's the essence of rogue i say he's the but essence he, of rogue one but he has the power to make one <laughs> to make one lose one's mind <laughs> yeah well i mean it would be a bit weird if people uh, actually that would be really good wouldn't it just, just unleashing Borg Gullet on a load of yeah, the Borg Gullet dlt <laughs> bring it in um Matt Jones. Hello. It's, it's annoying having two mats on it. I have to, like, we should have figured it. this out. Yeah. yeah. We should have um, a, a hiring freeze on Matt, really. Have you, have you been sold on Jedi Survivor? Matt yeah, seems does. very enthusiastic. Genuinely, the, cha- the chess part was what like, tipped me over. God, I might have yeah. to figure out how I do this now. Maybe they'll break it out Gwent style. Yeah. So people can just play the uh, auto chess. Because I'm, you know, I'm trying to play, trying to play Wild Frost at the minute. I'm trying to play Advance mm-hmm. Wars. We've got Redfall right around the corner. Like, how am I? We've got Zelda. Then we've got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what a time. Yeah. What a good year for games it's looking like. Mm. Uh, Arm- Armored Core coming in, what, three months, four mm-hmm. months? That's out of nowhere. It's uh, funny well, that Armored Arm- yeah. Core comes out that, like, I think. Like there are probably going to be a bunch of souls like that because we're going to get uh, Lords of the Fallen this year and, and we'll get Lies of P this year. Yeah, and wow. like Flintlock at some point. Yeah, presumably. yeah, it's going to be yeah. and you know then having Jedi Survivor, which yeah. yes is a mix of souls like a Metroidvania, but has a, enough of that in it that like you're feasting if all of those yeah. are good. And then uh, who knows when we get an Elden Ring DLC? That'll pop. Mm. That probably. Who knows? That probably won't be this year, but who knows? Um, let's just do a tiny bit more Star Wars. Have we all watched The Mandalorian season th- three? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? I always get confused because yeah. Boba Fett's kind of 
half season two point five of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been uh, very tempted to try and catch up because Baby mm-hmm. Yoda gets a mech this season. So yes, <laughs> glad to see a, that. That was a good little moment. I, I did lo- enjoy that very much. I genuinely think that's the funniest that the Mandalorian has been all season. Like, yeah. it's a genuine good. And I can remember talking to Al about this. I was like, because. I was, me and my partner were watching it. I was howling. Obviously, I love anything with a mech suit, but to put Baby Yoda in a mech suit, yeah. very, very Him repeatedly just pressing a button saying yes. Yes, was very, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, elated. And I was talking to Alex about it. It was like, I fucking hated it. I was like, what? It was genuinely <laughs> a delightful I, I, moment. It was delightful. Um, well, well, we're not going to spoil. We're talking vagaries. Apart from, you know, apart from that, you're going to see Baby Yoda in a in a robot. Uh, there we go. Um... I, I'm mixed on this season. I'm kind of... Initially, I was really into it. I was like, it's a real nice, just fun palette cleanser after and like, I think Andor's brilliant, but it's mm-hmm. obviously elevated. It's a very it's different trying type a very of show. Different, yeah. Exactly. It's trying to do a different thing. Mandalorian is very much more on the old school Star Wars, mm-hmm. the like the just having a bit of fun, having a bit of silliness, going on adventures. And I think it starts really well. I, in the middle, I was a bit like, okay, we're kind of... I, I, I'm all for Monster of the Week stuff, but I do also like a bit of direction. I was like, I think it's more... Their story was done in the end of season two, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to find a new story. And I've just... I've never been into the actual Mandalore side of it all and the Bo-Katan side. And like, I much more enjoyed just the journey with those two. And I think that's where it lost me a little bit. Although I will say the last couple episodes this season did get me back around. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe what I don't want is Monster of the Week because I enjoyed it actually most when it was trying to build to something more. So I'm I'm a bit confused. On, on the whole, I had a decent time with the series, but I'm just, I'm a bit confused. And I don't know if at the same time they're confused about exactly what this show is anymore. So I don't think they are. And I think okay. this... Um, so I do think that this is probably the weakest season, largely yeah. because... Um, that I think the arc did finish at the end of season two. Like those two had to split their ways. You know, Grogu had to go back to to the Jedi, mm-hmm. and that made sense to me. And that was over. But I think this show has always been Monster of the Week, and there are a lot of people that think that it shouldn't be Monster of the Week and desperately want it not to be. But like season one was very distinctly there were episodes at the start and episodes at the end, exactly yeah. like how Doctor Who does things, which is like you start off your arc, then you had a bunch of episodes of the week, and then you finish the arc. And, mm-hmm. and it was then, a joke that it felt so much like a video game where you yeah. just got mm-hmm. a new item every week, yeah, right? Yeah. As well, like that yeah. was the thing people said about it. It was like mm-hmm. playing Red Dead Redemption, right? Like yeah, and yeah. then I think because season two, I think in my opinion, season two was the strongest one. But season two had a little bit more of like, whilst it was very episode of the week, like there was the middle episode where like Ahsoka turned up. So it felt more momentous in Star Wars. And maybe some of like the end results of his quest, side quest of the week was maybe fitted like slightly closer into the main plot. But ultimately season two was still very monster of the week. It was he was off doing a different thing each time. I think the problem is, is kind of like with this season, there's just a weaker story for Din Djarin and mm-hmm. um, there's not kind of like, because you're not, each episode isn't focusing on the search for Mandalore. It's very much like the opening and the end is. Those bits in the middle maybe feel more out of place than they did in the previous seasons. I think some of those episodes explore perfectly worthy things. They're not necessarily brilliant versions of them, but... I quite like that some of this season was about very much like the the New Republic's kind of shit, isn't it? Like the bureaucracy <laughs> here isn't working and 
you know, maybe they're a little bit too close to what they tried to replace. So I think there's some worthy stuff there. And there were episodes that were very Doctor Who that I liked because I do like Doctor Who. I think we're talking about the are we talking about the Jack Black episode? And, I, yeah, that did split people. I I wasn't into that. I thought we we're going one step too far into what we like. This is just yeah. stupid. For, like, for me, it's like I think the thing that the Mandalorian definitely does, particularly with that episode, is like. Star Wars is for kids, effectively. Yeah. Like it's it's good that it works on a universal basis, and it's good that like your nostalgia is able to keep working with it, and it's always working on the knowledge that it has a lot of kind of 50, 60 year old fans at this point. But like it's designed for kids, and I like that Andor is the one that's not designed for kids. Yeah. And that's the thing that gives me what I really, really want from that. But also sometimes it's just fun to go to an alien world that's got a bit of a problem and you can have a bit of pew pew bzz bzz. And Baby Yoda does something cute. I think, like, the show is ultimately, like, a big 6 to 7 out of 10, but I almost think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I had a decent enough time with it. Like I said, I just... I think it's mainly the Mandalore stuff. I've just never been into it, and naturally it wasn't going to interest me as much. I want to see Din and uh, Grogu, Mm -hmm. like, hanging out. And you do get... You get a fair amount of that, but, yeah. Um, It's fine. I'll... I'll carry on watching it. Like I'm inter- I'm actually more interested in Ahsoka than I thought I would be. Like that trailer, I thought was really good. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm into it. It's just ever since Andor, nothing quite hits as hard. That's so, that's, that's, that's the problem, right? When you do like one of the best fucking things that's yeah. been on mass media TV for a very long time. You just want incredible writing again, <laughs> please. Exactly. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of incredible writing, that is something you quite regularly get with Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. The hit Um, rate is maybe not as great as it once was, but it's still pretty good. But you know what? There's still only, what, I think there's, is it 21? episodes of black mirror i think there are roughly i'd say there's only maybe three of those i'd call actual like duffers Mm. and like the rest are at least enjoyable yeah um and do you know what probably about half of them are very very good um obviously it it started all the way back in 2011 i didn't realize it was quite that long ago 12 years ago in june we're getting a brand new batch of episodes i'm kind of glad he's taken a break because i think I don't know if he's ever said it in interviews, but I get the impression he was like he felt the need to keep making more, whereas it did feel like he was running out of ideas there a was little bit. <laughs> also, there was like he was really struggling with the fact that the world had become as bleak as what he was writing exactly. about. So it's like it's not an enjoyable thing to constantly write stuff that's that horrible. No. So what we're gonna do is yeah, have a little discussion about Batman. We're gonna pick one episode each. It might be your favourite, it might be one you want to talk about. I don't know, Like it's hard to necessarily rank them, but uh, we all have our favourites, I'm sure. Um, 
Yeah, who wants to, uh, Matt, do you know what? Matt Jones, you can go first. I want to make one, sure I get this in, because I go imagine on. this is probably one that's going to get picked by all of us, so I want to get it first. Uh, I feel very basic for saying this, but my favourite one is probably the USS Callister. Like, oh, it's just, it's it just all around incredibly good. It has the, like, real world stuff, but also this fantasy version too. It like, has this, like, halfway through, um, like, expectation shift where i think you are supposed to deliberately uh, like get on board with the jesse plemons character you're supposed to feel like oh this kind of socially awkward guy like just can't make things work in his workplace like you know he's a genius programmer but you know just doesn't have a very good rapport with people and then little rug pull underneath you actually he's a horrible monster Mm -hmm. that is like uh, terrible to work with and also has this secret prison for the DNA of his co-workers that is mm-hmm. forcing them to enact little role play with him in secret um, under threat fun, of pain and death. Fun little link, that episode, the USS Callister, directed by Toby Haynes, who did six episodes of Andor, including the Andy Circus section did of Andor. Did he? Wow. The so there we go, nice little link. Um, mm-hmm. he just, I think he did a load of Sherlock and uh, Doctor Who as well. Um, but yeah. Very good. Like, yeah, in case people don't remember, that is like the Star Trek kind of parody one, isn't it? I actually, I could do a rewatching this one because I don't remember the actual, like, you know, a lot of, Bla- not all of them, but a lot of Black Mirror episodes are predicated on twists. You know, a lot of them have a twist. I can't actually remember the main twist, too. I roughly do. It's good. But it is yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the mood to rewatch a lot of these now. But, yeah, this one is. It is good, isn't it? And it's colourful, which a lot of Black Mirror episodes aren't. It, it does that wonderful thing, right? Because it's 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 based in a video game thing, which obviously makes it ideal for a bunch of people from IGN to discuss this. <laughs> but it does all those wonderful things where it, I think because, you know, for anybody that didn't know, Brooker used to do my job one day in his past. Like he used to work mm-hmm. for PC Zone. Um, yeah. And so he has an understanding and a knowledge of how game design and, and like game development works. So you get that side of it, which is kind of like just the very low level. But then it's that really interesting kind of fears of what the interactive world can do and how someone that has ultimate control of an interactive world and all of all of those bits that flow into it. Um, but yeah, in the guise of like, quite a well-budgeted sci-fi show like it's got like the look of a modern star trek to it it doesn't give you the impression that it was just something they knocked up for like one episode it seems like it it could be a returning and continued series Mm -hmm. which is like it lives or dies based on the the benefit of that um the other thing that really stands out to me as well is the um kristen Milioti character Mm -hmm. basically blackmailing herself which i always think is really funny when i rewatch it like because she's kind of a clone of her real life counterpart she knows how to access her own iCloud and like yeah which i just think is really funny which in many ways kind of like that small tiny nugget kind of almost becomes part i don't know matt have you seen um severance at all i have yeah no it's fantastic yeah, yeah. the the certain elements of that right that idea of like the inside you and the outside mm-hmm. you and the how how do you communicate with that person how do you manipulate that person um like i love that concept and like i'm so pleased mm-hmm. that like that nugget mm-hmm. is available as a big 10 episode season elsewhere yeah, yeah like- it's just another example of like the casting being amazing in these shows. Well, like having people that are you know famous, but like yet to be like it's as exactly well known. Like, it's well like, timed. It is like just before they reach their like actual like yeah. thing that they do, or maybe just after, but they're playing a specific role. Like mm-hmm. this episode has Michaela Colin, who's now like 
like you know well she was phenomenal then but mm-hmm. is now known you know more known as being a phenomenal mm-hmm. like writer and actress and like yeah she's just like a small role in this by mm-hmm. comparison and like billy magnuson as well like again not a massive star but you know like like you said getting in just before yeah on their way up basically like mm-hmm. even earlier episodes like people know who daniel kaluuya was back then but like in a but, is it a million mellet million, uh, yeah, uh, 15 million merits like yeah it's just oh, they're very good at finding people for the, all of these. The guy in the first episode is Rory Kinnear of all yeah. people as well, which I is know. amazing. Like, how would you get him now? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just well, like the new season as well has some people in it. Like uh, Aaron Paul, I'm just um, Aaron Paul's in it, and mm-hmm. more excitingly, Michael Sarah. Anything Michael Sarah is now. I'm like, this is. <laughs> it's be so noticeable as well that they gave yeah. away a bunch of photos for who's going to appear in this season, yeah. and Michael Sarah isn't visible. He's going to have a weird guy. He's going to be oh, such a strange guy. I really want guy. to play a really evil, like horrible yeah. person. <laughs> oh, God, is it time for the Seron Serenescence? With uh, Barbie and Black Mirror. Renaissance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks so good in Barbie because he's yes. that weird. What's he? What's his character called? Because he's the Ken. Uh, he's not yeah. a Ken doll, but he's that one Alan? version. Yes. He is Alan. Yeah. And they only did like one Alan in like the entire yeah. history of Mattel. And I love that he's got the uh, freak version of a Ken doll. Yeah, he's just going to be standing on the edge the whole time going like, hello. Oh, it's going to be... I can't wait for Barbie. Oh, that's just... My, remember Michael Sack, Remember his role in Twin Peaks The Return? What a fucking yeah, little... Brando. Just playing yeah. Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait. Well, this summer's going to be so good. Barbie, Black Mirror, Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, and all these games. Oh, well, yeah. I think just, you know, everybody was stuck inside for, like, three years. They mm, just wrote yeah. really good scripts, apparently. Oh, and we got two new pictures of Killers of the Flower Moon yesterday, the new Scorsese. Oh, I know. It's exciting. Ooh. Why do I say Scorsese picture like I'm a 1950s? <laughs> hey, <laughs> step right up, folks. Picture. <laughs> uh, Somebody yeah. on Twitter was um, like, did a, a rest in peace graphic for the only other picture that we've got for that movie because yeah. we can start using other <laughs> thumbnails now. Yeah, uh, I can't wait for that. Right? Uh, yes, USS Callister, a good episode. I think that would be that'd be a top ten one for me. It's mm. not like it's not a top five. Um, Matt, I think I know what one you're picking, but go for it. Yeah, like so this was between two for me. Um, so it was between The Entire History of You, which I think is very, very good. Uh, also, re- that's written by Jesse Armstrong wow. in pre- oh. pre-succession. Um, but my favourite, I think, is the one that I always come back to is White Bear. Just, Grim. Like, yeah. And, and that's the <laughs> thing, like, I am a fan... I, I know some people don't like it when uh, Black Mirror can soften up a little bit, and I do. I do like those those mm-hmm. slightly softer episodes, but I must say there's something about White Bear. White Bear, along with possibly the one that you might pick, uh, Cardi, <laughs> is one of the nastiest episodes, mm-hmm. and I do like it when the claws come out and the claws are rusty, and it really mm-hmm. goes for like a horrible maiming of its kind of central theme. And obviously, yeah. for anybody that um, hopefully that has watched White Bear but needs a, a memory check on it, right? Because I'm about to spoil it. Um, White Bear is about a, a woman that wakes up in this horrible kind of like weirdly structured reality where she's kind of stuck in like a, a like a town, it's like a forest compound yeah. sort of thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, um, just being hunted down by these horrible, like almost. If you've watched Your Next, they're a little bit like that kind of masked kind of hunters. And it like you really feel for this woman that's just been terrorized for her life. 
And in the end, it turns out that this is actually a new form of, of, of prison sentence. And uh, she, she's basically up for execution because she tried to kill a child. Well, was she a child murderer. Child. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think like, yeah. It's that rug predica- pull. Exactly like you were saying it- with US Callister. Like, I think Black Mirror like works really fundamentally with like, like the pure essence of what a good short story is. And a good short story, because you've got so little time for plot, mm-hmm. quite often comes to the twist, right? That's what so many of the short Sherlock Holmes stories work yeah. so well because there's that twist. Um and that and White Bear, I think, has it perfect. It's just like you're you're with a person that it forces you to empathize with and you really want to see them escape this horrible, horrible situation. And then you're confronted with not just the idea that she's a child killer but also mm-hmm. with the idea of this is now what society does to those people i think it's like actually more interesting than she's a child killer like doesn't it play with the concept that she might be as much of a victim of the guy that actually did it as she's an like, accomplice yeah. right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but there's this idea that he might have been very manipulative and so yeah. the the way that i took it at the end of the episode and i think i only saw it the once was that like society has decided that in place of punishing the guy because he died for under some circumstance i can't I remember think he committed suicide yeah, yeah. that she basically has to have the punishment because there isn't any other mm-hmm. way for society to accept this yeah. so it plays even, on like you're not entirely sure like she mm-hmm. you know she definitely doesn't deserve this fucking thing happening yeah. to her but like whether or not her involvement was enough to even be in this position at all yeah. is up for debate it, that, and that's plays the... on that thing doesn't it because i think chai brook even said he was the, it was the time of like some you know it was the time of the jimmy savile stuff i think so i was like playing the fact like he genuinely believed the british public would watch a show where he yeah. was tortured mm-hmm. like yeah yeah and that's and that's the beauty though right is that like there's so much complexity to what feels like should be kind of like a closed and shut case. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing of Black Mirror is, is you know, as the title suggests, holds up a mirror to our deepest, darkest societal mm-hmm. shit, basically. And I like that it... And, and all of that kind of happens within the space of like the last five minutes, right? So it's this... Mm-hmm. Sudden... I love that too. It's the confidence of like... Because I remember watching this episode live mm-hmm. and thinking yeah. like, oh, they've kind of not really done a great episode here. It's like basically just like a zombie survival show. Mm-hmm. This yeah. doesn't feel very Black Mirror. And another like rug pull where it was like, hey, that show that you thought you were watching, nah, sorry. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. the ad break as well. Like there is just a moment if you were watching it live where like I think the shotgun does the confetti mm-hmm. and then I think it goes to commercial. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I, great. Can't, I can't remember. Like, again, it was influenced by um, video games. I think, I think uh, Chai Bracker said, like, a manhunt was going to say, he's got a manhunt vibe. And to it. also, I think he was trying to echo the start of Resident Evil uh, with mm, the opening as that, well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very good. Shall I go on to mine? Yeah. Let's do it. So, I'm. You did. You hinted it. I'm not going to do sharp and dance. Oh, that's that is like in my. Horrible, though, isn't it? <laughs> that is in my top two. That mm. is my second favorite. I think. But do you know what? I think it's just. If you boil it down, it's kind of the same story as White Bear. It's almost the exact same thing, just framed a bit differently. It um, certainly has a lot of that, and I also think you can say there are several Black Mirror episodes that I think are riffing on the same tonal theme, mm-hmm. um, but there is like the look on his face at the end. Is. Oh, it's incredible! Like Alex Lothar is yeah. fantastic at being a little creep, mm-hmm. and um, he's great in Andor as well. Another Andor, There's so much Andor in this, um, and great use of Radiohead at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I was considering maybe doing the national anthem because that is the one that started it all. And 
Do you know what? I think that one's only got better over time once the David Cameron stuff came out with the pig. Like, it just made it absolutely... You could not have... He, imagine Charlie like Brooker's regardless. face when he read that. Yeah. He must have been like, it's unbelievable. Like, regardless of whether the David Cameron... We should probably point out, there's no fundamental proof that that is what Cameron did. We don't want to libel someone yeah, but on the we show. Like, I like to imagine. But you like, it's like to imagine it? <laughs> it's like, regardless of what your feelings on that is or not, it is quite funny that kind of like a reality yeah. created something that was so similar to a Black Mirror episode, which again is the the positioning of the mirror against society. There is some weird potential truth in that. Like, it's fun. Yeah. But I'm not going with that one. That was just an excuse to mention some other ones. I'm doing, like, like you said, I do generally like when black mirror goes as dark and as miserable and as just grim as possible but my favorite episode is san junipero which is just a very lovely happy story <laughs> like gotta have water, uh, don't you? <laughs> before before you do go into like why it's nice because it's lovely yeah. i will say there is a darkness to san junipero oh, absolutely like, it that, just has a rare happy ending <laughs> yeah that concept of keeping people uh, and this is something that he explores in um What's the Black Museum? The Black Museum? No, I'm thinking of um, Be Right Back, mm-hmm. which oh, is the yeah. one where Hayley Atwell keeps Domhnall Gleeson, his memory alive through yeah. like a, a robot version of him. And so it, it deals with this concept quite a lot. But that idea of being able to keep, like, like use people's memories and consciousness and keep them alive in the virtual world is inherently a very horrible, creepy idea. But it doesn't I've, really touch on the idea that, like, what happens if this company that is doing this goes out goes of business, bust. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, what happens if Steam get fucked? Like, where yeah. do all your games go? It's like, what happens if this company goes bust? Where do all of my grandparents go? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm not going to spoil the ending because you haven't watched it. This episode is alone just worth watching. Um, but the setup is, like, there's this town of San Junipero, which is like a Californian beach resort. But it's not real. It's like a, it's a constructed reality, basically, where... Isn't it elderly and even people after they've died can mm-hmm. basically go to live. And it's just this kind of story of a relationship. Mackenzie Davis and Gugu and Bafu Roar just having a love a lovely time. I mean, a, a mostly lovely time. And you know, it reminds me, I think a lot of people brought it up. Episode three of The Last of Us kind mm-hmm. of has a very similar yeah, vibe totally. going on. And also quite a bit of Station Eleven, which Mackenzie Davis is also in, has a similar sort of there's a Highly melancholic, I suppose, is is the right word, isn't yeah. it? There is there's happiness tinged with sadness, and yeah, it's just I'm not going to spoil what happens, but it's just amazing, and it's kind of got that. It does well of like mixing in a lot of '80s stuff without like sometimes '80s stuff can be a bit overbearing. They just like put neon everywhere and play the same three '80s songs. Whereas mm-hmm. this, the way they use Heaven as a Place on Earth is incredible, and just yeah, I just it's just a really beautiful episode of television which i don't think anyone was expecting and especially not to say that charlie rooker isn't a nice man but you know (laughs) you wouldn't expect this from him necessarily and i think he was originally his first draft was apparently like depressed like horrifically sad right but he i think he i've I've got a book on blackmail i'm like kind of half remembering uh (laughs) what the anecdotes about but i think he said he was having such a nice time writing these characters he was just like i want to keep writing and give them a happy ending so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just this is uh just a standout like incredible episode of television i think it won quite a few awards and yeah 
I hope we get enough one like that. They kind of they try to I think repeat it with uh, Hang the DJ, and mm-hmm. that didn't work quite as well yeah. for me. I Hang- do think it's good. But... It's, it's good. It's it's also it's darker in tone than Shanjiro Napero. I think yeah. what Shanjiro Napero shows, it's not necessarily the need to do something that's got that romantic heart or anything like that, but it's a case mm. of that Black Mirror can feel so surprising when you vary the tone and vary the concepts that you're doing. So I think definitely the the shift to Netflix found it exploring avenues that were wider than what it did on Channel 4. But I think the thing that will make an episode like San, San Junipero again is just exploring something that you just couldn't comprehend originally being a Black Mirror concept. Yeah, because it, it has... I mean, what is... Ultimately, like we said before, what makes Black Mirror Black Mirror? I think a lot of people think it has to have a technological element. I don't think it necessarily does. I'd it's love to like see one said, where they like go back to I mean, like medieval times and like yeah. the technology that they're thinking about I mean, is like even the like grain the first crasher, one, right? Like the prime, the prime minister one doesn't have. It has like TV. It uses well, that, TV and like it's social, social media. Social media. It's yeah. like, like those original ones are all about the curse of what we're doing to ourselves with our advances in technology. Yeah. But I completely agree with you, Matt. Like, I'd love to see a Black Mirror that's about the a Black Mirror for the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck has has like you know automated factories done to people's it's, lives? It's almost like it writes itself, like the uh, Protestant Reformation as well, like mm-hmm. what the printing press did for the idea of like um, religion, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. that would be a such Bet a you. good Black Mirror episode. I'm hoping we get some sort of interview time with Charlie Brooker in the next month or two. Let's pitch the printing press episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can't wait for these next few episodes. I'm, I don't know why. I have full faith that, given what it's been a few years, like I feel like Charlie Brooker is someone who, unless he wanted to do it and had good ideas, he wouldn't have done them. Yeah. So yeah, here's hoping the next few episodes are good, and we'll talk about those probably in a month or two when they're out. Um, Yo, Mister more... White, I'm in space. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's very briefly talk about barry i know you you two are big barry fans i'm only two episodes in i am a fan i need to carry on watching it to find the time i'm very much enjoying the first mm. two episodes i've seen but um without spoiling anything for me can you tell me why people should watch barry and why season four is good uh i really am glad that we brought up the white bear episode uh because it's got like such a weird overlap of the way that i've been thinking about this uh, season of barry um mm-hmm. like specifically that take about um like women being punished for something that men have potentially done because mm-hmm. Sally this season is getting a lot of criticism uh, through a lens of the show where it's almost as if the things that have happened in the show previously she's the avenue for the show to discuss whether or not it was okay and like that like she's getting directed all of the criticism and I think that's just such a good take that it's like you know all of this stuff these expectations of what isn't isn't okay but it will very rarely reach the men that it's actually intended for and that i think is what this season is about uh although it's only a few episodes in i'm very excited to see more of that also like once again we're going to get to awards season this time and sarah goldberg is not going to get an award for what is one of the most incredible female performances Uh, i've ever seen have you seen what sarah snook's doing on the succession i don't think she's still better yeah yeah yeah, like, uh, you know, c- collectively over these four seasons, I mm-hmm. have not seen a, a female performance like this on TV. Like, she is incredible. And it's because, like, her role is automatically challenging because of the um, line that Barry steps between the darkest drama and the weirdest comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. to be able to balance that and to be able to balance a character that is her, like, this 
a character that goes on such a weird kind of arc that you really empathize with whilst also being one of the most hateful people that she could possibly be. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like I I the raw talent to be able to do that is outstanding. Um what I will say is like I kind of thought that Barry should have ended at the end of last season because its final shot was absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. I think it's doing a good job of convincing me that it was fine to continue and there's still stuff to be done. I worried also that it wouldn't have more to do. And mm-hmm. no, it still qu- has quite a lot to wrap up and it still has a lot of things to challenge about itself and a lot of things to say still. Um, and yeah, there was a little, there was a fun little, a, a couple series of cameos in this l- most recent episode, which gives me hope that there's going to be some <laughs> weird ones as well the rest of the season. Um, nice. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. Nice. Put it on people's radar. Mm. I know Matt's been uh yeah, telling me to watch it for a while. So I finally did it. It's now on Now TV in the UK if you uh have been wanting to watch it all all three seasons and what season four's got a few weeks to go left mm. yet, hasn't it? I think it so, ends yeah. the same time as Succession ends too as well, which is gonna be a weird Sunday. <laughs> God, Succession's good. We won't we haven't actually talked about no, Maybe we'll, we'll wait till the we'll end wait, of Succession yeah. to do a full old uh, uh debriefing, but my god. I, I at this point I don't think I've seen much television like it ever. Like I think it hasn't even finished yet, and it's probably in my top three shows of all time. Like it's that good. Like it's phenomenal. Um, Succession. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing with yourself? Get it done. Uh, well, let's do an endless search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Time for the end of search. We're gonna play the game What We've Dubbed One Star Wars. This was mm-hmm. sent in by lovely listener. Uh, I'm going to check who it was. It was Andrew Priest. Thank you, Who also Andrew. sent us in a little message too, which said, I've been meaning to send in an endless search for a while. I originally wanted to create another Lost in Translation game. However, Google Translate has drastically improved, or my intended language-based japery has been rumbled by the internet search giant, as all the movie quotes <laughs> I've translated multiple times all came back perfectly. Unbelievable. Great. <laughs> Great job, Google, making our, yeah. <laughs> making our jobs harder. Come on. Um, but I think ultimately everyone's favourite endless search is the one Star Wars, so I've picked out five critically acclaimed games, which I'm sure everyone will have Ooh. played. The usual Ooh. rules. Five points I didn't realise there the were games, guess. I was hoping there were films. I was going to say, I don't think we've... Have we done it with games before? I think we've done it once or twice. We mm-hmm. do tend to do it with films, but yeah. I have read through these, and some of them are very good. <laughs> so, alright. Again, nice. five points Here if you get on the first guess, one point if you get it on the last guess. And I think you will agree with the order I've put the clues in. That's from Andrew... In Rotherham. Thank you. Let's play. Let's make it happen. All right. So, game one. A movie is more real than this game without sluggish and ch- and clunky interactions. I doubt there's any movie fanboy loving to see an actor repeatedly opening drawers thousands of times or walking ten minutes just to talk with somebody. But you have to do these stupid things on your own in this game. Is it L.A. Noir? It is not L.A. Noir. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> like, it's... What's it say about games where there's a lot where I can think about where you just open, open drawers, yeah. drawers? Like, uh, I'm going to have to put my mindset, my mind into the position of people who <laughs> don't like things I like. and It's a worrying place. I'm just going to say The Last of Us. It's not The Last of Us. Although okay. that is my go-to opening up drawers <laughs> of the game. <laughs> yeah. All right. For four points. It's not as good as people said when it launched. It's very bad shooting mechanics and bad movement for combat. 
The story is good, but extremely slow-paced and some underdeveloped characters. There's great immersion, but that's really it. It lacks a lot of replay value, and the 100% challenge feels like a chore. Red Dead 2? Unfortunately, Cardi, you have gotten it, which means that <laughs> <laughs> Matt doesn't get to play. Um, to, I'll read my, my favorite game of all time. <laughs> so congratulations on four points. Um, the next ones were, uh, look, I'm going to be honest and not hop on the bandwagon. This game is simply boring. The graphics and voice acting are good, but the story is so boring. Game forces you to grind way too much. Like, why do I need grind. to brush my damn horse? You don't. That, also, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not, not grinding. Gri- I'll tell you what, I've noticed like recently there's a lot of people that don't seem to understand what grinding is. Like, mm-hmm. grinding is specifically having to do low-level tasks yeah. to build up a to character. Level up. Yeah. There's no levelling up in Red Dead. You just no. grow a beard. I also <laughs> love that um, people don't know what filler is anymore. Like, oh, filler God. is a oh, fake idea. Sends me mad. Um, uh, two was the most boring game in the world. 99% of games stupid. Horse ride, dot, 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 endless game. And then the final one, which I love very much, is huge aim lag slash input lag. Terrible auto aim. Playing is so uncomfortable. Rockstar, hello. This is 2018 year, none 1998. When you fix this. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. nothing wrong with also, what I will say is, is there's something quite funny about the fact that um, these reviews seem significantly worse written than the one-star film reviews that we get, which maybe says <laughs> a lot for the gamers that go wild. <laughs> I will see. All right, game two. Uh, Matt, you can start this time. Uh, the game is big garbage. The world is empty. Graphics, like from 2013-2014. Overrated game. I think I do. I have to wait for Matt to answer. Yeah, we'll what? go in order. Can you deliver that again? <laughs> the game is big garbage. The world is empty. <laughs> Graphics like from 2013, 2014. Overrated game. God forbid we have 2014 graphics. <laughs> uh, a big. Empty. I have. A, I have my answer for this, but it might be wrong. And it, why do I have to wait? Because you These won the last rules. time by going first. It would only be uh, fair. Is it Arkham Knight? It's not Arkham Knight. No. Uh, near Automata. It's not near Automata. <sighs> uh, a big map doesn't make a better game. Uninteresting, bland, and boring. Doesn't deserve any of its perfect st- scores. Heck, doesn't deserve more than a six if you stretch it a lot. The controls are just as bad as the, quote, story and visuals. I know. The what character this is, feels heavy and moves so slow, feels clunky. Sound was also uninteresting. Nothing sticks to mind. So, a very below average game I, that was I don't have to wait. Possibly. I don't have to wait is, for Matt. Is, is it Horizon? <laughs> it's not Horizon. No. Elden Ring? It is Elden Ring. Not Cardi with the four points Elden. again. Just got to put your mind. It, I know yeah. it's hard for you, Matt, because you're, you're a very smart person. Put your mind in the bad opinion doldrums. Oh. <laughs> uh. The rest of these aren't that great, so we'll skip to the next one. (laughs) All right. Cardi, you can start off this time. Uh, How is this voted best game? It's not even close to something nice, at least. (laughs) It's not even close to something nice, at least. (laughs) I mean, Last of Us Part 2? It's not Last of Us Part 2. What you got for us, Matt? Um... You've got to think of something God... that is close to nice, at least. <laughs> is yeah. it God of War? It's not God of War, oh. no. So boring and repetitive. Very disappointed. I don't like the graphics either. Not cool. 
<laughs> repetitive. Uh, no, I don't even like the graphics. I will say this could be considered valid criticism, actually, of the beginning <laughs> part. I think you could see it as boring and repetitive if you were uh, so inclined. Hmm. Hmm. I might have to pass. I'm, I'm not thinking of anything. Maybe Overwatch? It's not Overwatch, no. Oh. Returned in less than a week after purchase. Didn't even bother finishing it. This game is almost exactly the same as the original, and I already own and have played that. I was expecting more, many more changes and more new content, but everything new or changed that I saw could have been added in an expansion pack. Mm. Uh, so half the people's opinions on sequels, isn't it? Mm. Persona 5 Royal? It is Persona 5 Royal. Oh my You're good God. at this game. Uh, like these are a lot of my favourite games. I feel yeah, like I these are playing into my hand. These are like three of my. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I could. I. Yeah. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. Every Persona game has a. You know. You got to break for that first ten hours. Don't yeah. You? <laughs> God. A lot uh, of this is like uh, one of the second. Uh, the two points one is this game might not be for me. It's the longest tutorial I've ever seen. After about thirty hours, the game is still telling me what to do. Okay. That, that's like, ridiculous. Yeah. But it's it's true. <laughs> not after thirty. <laughs> Um, I recently replayed uh, 4. Uh, very good. Yeah. Very, 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 very good. God, God right. it's good. Next one. Uh, I consider this game to be unplayable. You basically can't see anything because of the ridiculous field of view setting and the fact that the camera is so uselessly placed that the character obstructs half the scene, uh, screen. Also, the view controls are sluggish and un- unintuitive. Maybe this game is better on console and it's just a bad port. In any case, on the PC, it's horrible. Avoid it. Resident Evil 2? It is not Resident Evil 2. God of War? It's not God of War. Very good guesses, though. I suspected that one of you would uh, get it after the other one said Resident (laughs) Evil. uh, (laughs) Well... I have to say I'm puzzled as to how this game has managed to amass such good reviews. The controls suck, even with a controller. The story is non-existent, the level design is bland and crappy, and overall the game is extremely repetitive and predictable, despite what everyone is saying. It was absolutely nothing scary about this game. Resi 4? It's yeah, I was going to say. Resi 4. Which one is it? <laughs> uh, Village. It's not Village. Well, for God's sake. <laughs> it is really nothing special. I will give it a zero because of the many fanboys. Mediocre game for mediocre people. The gameplay was one of the worst I've experienced. And the third person view was expletive. Resident Evil 7. It's not Resident Evil 7. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh. Resident Evil 3? It's not Resident Evil 3. <laughs> is it not a Resident <laughs> Evil? It's not Resident Evil 3. Oh my god, I thought... Wasted gone points. down the rabbit hole here. I've never played a game that relied so much on cheap jump scares that aren't even scary. In fact, the only scary thing about this game is the long loading times and shockingly bad pacing. Save your money from this game. So we've got a scary game with a character <laughs> that obstructs half the screen. Hmm. That's a mediocre game for mediocre people. <laughs> I thought I'm going mad here. I don't, I don't know how new or... What's uh, a really well-received horror game recently? That it's it's, it's got to be a third-person horror game, though. That's the yeah. thing. Is it just Silent Hill 2? It's not Silent Hill 2. We're not going back that far? I don't, 
I feel like I missed something really obvious yeah. here. Yeah, uh, you'll kick yourself. De- dead space? It's dead space. Oh. You got it. Hey, you're on the board. Congratulations. Good Lord. Took long uh, enough, didn't I'm it? not going to read out no. the full uh, quote, but uh, the number one point of this, which said, I've had farts that were scarier, which is... <laughs> God, what your farts like. Why is it such a, like a, like a, a brag? Like, wasn't scared. It's like, mm-hmm. cool, you didn't enjoy it. It's, it's fun to be scared sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sounds so. like a threat, doesn't mean it. <laughs> didn't mean it like that. <laughs> uh, should we play for double points this round to keep it interesting? Or uh... well, if we if we want to really give uh, Matt a chance, yeah, let's do it. Uh, You'd have to get it on five to be able to get this. So you've got this, Matt. Good okay. luck. I'm gonna let you go first. Too. I have. D- we have done. There is one where I've got it, haven't I? On Hell the first yeah. one, but mm. right. This game is a complete disgrace. I can say that I hated this game. I've never seen a game as bad as this in my life. I finished the game and do not recommend you download a game I hate. Even the worst game I've ever played. I can say that the game really sucks. Do not download. I do not remember. I do not recommend downloading. So if you no get it from it. a game being bad. <laughs> I mean, Dishonored 2. Oh, whoa. No, it's not. <laughs> If in doubt, go The Last of Us Part 2. It's not Last of Us Part 2. A talkative, extraordinarily lame what-the-hell game where you don't get to see any perspective at all. It seems to make no sense whatsoever. You don't see any perspective at all? Perspective at all. all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to leap from Arcane to Arcane since I said it was talkative. Deathloop? It's not Deathloop. Oh. Uh, these games people like, Matt. No. <laughs> What you got for that I love that. I love that game. Uh... God of War. It's not God of War. I'm just, I'm just thinking of good games. Clumsy controls and an ultra slow burn. Pretentious rating and generally restrictive choices and dialogues. Another one of those titles hyped by hipsters or people who never grew up. Uh? Oh no, it's got more, but I, I will let it go there because it's funny. What? What's, can you just repeat that first bit? Uh, clumsy controls and an ultra slow burn, pretentious writing and generally restrictive choices in dialogue. Another one of those games ty- uh, hyped up by hipsters or people who never grew up playing titles better executed, but I think better grew up is funnier. D- Disco Elysium? It is Disco Elysium. Mm. When, oh. when you said dis at the beginning, Matt, I was like, oh, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were so close. Oh. Yeah, so far. I, uh, oh, I had a... I had a conversation with someone in real life where they were saying that, like, oh, uh, it was just super pretentious and it was like it, it was just writing for writing's sake and it was like just mm-hmm. barely controlled rage across from the other side of the table. Yeah. I <laughs> do think pretentious is one of those ones, like, again, like uh, filler episode or, you know, whatever yeah. else we've done. Nobody actually knows what it means. <laughs> no, something exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's not get into all that. <laughs> I had fun. Thank you for that, Andrew. Good game. Had yeah. fun with it. Had fun winning. Good stuff. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback. IGN.com. That's where you can send in any games you want us to play and any feedback. I can't even remember what feedback topics we've got at the moment. We've got a mixture of all sorts. But, you know, it's anything you want to say, say it. As long as they don't, nothing too mean, though. I don't, I don't like reading it. You, know, you can put a dampener on your weekend when you read that you didn't. You know, someone hates you. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, not that that's happened recently, I may add. But there we go. Uh, Matt, P. One here from Cass Whelan, who's jumping on the 
food related stuff. Oh, that's always stuff. The, I mean, we always have food. On the, the this veers, this veers yeah. from flavor into a slightly different sense. Oh, okay. So, hi all. Been listening since pre-podcast 200, but only now have felt the need to speak up. My only hope is that I've not missed the food related discussion boat. <laughs> you can never no. miss the food related discussion boat. It's always open. It's We're almost 700 episodes in. <laughs> it's never ending. Uh, first, a bit of background. I work in an open office setting. Approximately 50 desks share the same space. This space is accompanied by a small kitchen area. Fridges, microwaves, the usual. My desk is the furthest away from that area. One day, I am sat at my desk typing away. I am happy. Suddenly, a foul stench fills my nostrils that is unmistakable. Fish. The office is flooded with the smell. I head to the kitchen area to determine the perpetrator of this offensive odour. And while the person who committed this atrocity had fled, I could determine what had happened. Like Batman using his detective vision. (laughs) A hot microwave. The unmistakable smell of cod fillets. Raw cod, unbattered, in the fridge. Someone had microwaved a raw cod fillet to an edible state. How? And the rest of us had to (laughs) suffer for their crime against the workplace. This person. How long do you have to? Sorry. How long do you have to microwave a raw piece of cod <laughs> well, the to thing get is, it to is, an edible state? Well, the thing is, you probably wouldn't have to microwave it very long for it to get to an edible state. In that, you could technically eat it and not die. However, yeah. no raw meat should be cooked in the microwave <laughs> at all. No. Oh, um, it's it's, it's not a very going... lean protein. I, I respect it. <laughs> it's not going to taste very good, though, is it? Um, <laughs> Nor, nor smell very good, clearly. Uh, the, this person is a repeat offender. This is happening approximately once a week. What? And the person yet to be determined because they may be fleeing to eat their food elsewhere. Are there any should be foods... easy enough to find, surely. <laughs> are there any foods you think should be off the table in workplace settings? Or are there any smelly foods you eat that offend others in your lives? Thanks for the great work. Regards, Cass. This is definitely a topic that we've done before. I think it was like oh, curry was the like morning curry, afternoon yeah, curry, like fine. Early, morning curry is a problem. Yeah, from lunch onwards, I don't mind smelling that. I wouldn't want to walk into the office and smell curry uh, necessarily. Um, I would. I have to say, like, I don't mind fish, but like, yeah, if I was just smelling that, I'd be like, "What are we doing here? I can't work here." Like, yeah, I what? have um, kind of like in terms of, I guess you'd call it like my olfactory sort of settings mm. or are very very sensitive to smell so if the food is incredibly pungent i find yeah. it really off-putting which means stuff like tuna and salmon and this kind of thing like microwave yeah. fish are are like really really like vomit inducing for me i mean you're notorious for a brie and grape sandwich aren't you so but, but, but and they br- don't smell oh yum Brie is a very mild flavored yeah. uh, thing, so yeah, it's like not got that. It's not like you're putting stinking bishop in your sandwich, yeah. is it? Like the food doesn't really like a walk through fish. I'm like you know, like f- food doesn't really get on my nose, but they're more chemically smelled. Like re- whenever I'm like, on a train or somewhere, mm-hmm. like someone's like using like nail polish remover or oh, something okay. that the gets up my yeah. that really gets up like my, or really. Do you know what actually like every now like my mum used to like cl- do a deep clean in the bathroom and use like really like loads of vinegar and that really like got up yeah. my nose like i can't deal with that yeah it's more chemically stuff i mm-hmm. think than but yeah food nah, i don't 
the raw the the raw cod fed in the microwave, I would have be asking questions. It's it's also it's like it's not just like a crime against the workplace in terms of like because yeah that would smell and I would not like that. It's also yeah. just like a culinary crime. <laughs> yeah, like, just, enjoy like, the do food it. you're making. Yeah, <laughs> cook it well. Treat yourself better. Really, it's like I know it's not you doing it, Cass, but. Put a post-it that's like, just love yourself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is, Cass, he's just asking. He was looking yeah. for people to go like, no, it's fine. A friend of that. mine is stinking yeah, up an yeah, office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe uh, I'm not going to ask people what smells, don't you? Like, yeah. um, that's it's opening up a door, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. What's the next email, Matt? What smells <laughs> do you like? <laughs> What's the best smell? That's a good partridge right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got another email from Jacob. Who says, hi guys, I heard you talk about your comfort films. I don't think Dale's choices are all that strange, which uh, I think it was Moneyball. And was that right? Uh, it- mine, are, mine are like coked up. Mine are like Wolf of Wall Street yeah, and yeah. Nights and stuff. Yeah, Dale's is like, yeah, similar. Like uh, money, yeah, like Moneyball, Big Short, that sort of really mm-hmm. talky film, which I, I'm on board with. Yeah, I also agree. Like, I just want people chatting. I don't want like explosions, right? You know, I don't want the possibility nah. that anybody's going to get too animated. I just want people moaning about money. Um, So, Jacob's go-tos are Social Network, Zodiac, Spotlight, Moneyball as well, and Seven. Lovely. Also, (laughs) Seven may be the wettest film that doesn't feature a single body of water, which is good. It does rain a lot in that movie. Is there a single body? There's not a river, is there? No, not at all. It's just rainy all the time. I uh, I agree with a lot of those. Mm -hmm. um, Spotlight, though, that's a bit of a harder watch. I can't put on Spotlight. That's like a at max one every year spotlight like uh yeah it's talky but yeah the subject matter is a bit you know i'm not relaxing to it just drifting <laughs> off to sleep <laughs> yeah. um yeah that's a good question though. the wettest film that doesn't have a single body of water i think matrix three as well because mm. they had to yeah. rig something that made even bigger raindrops if i remember correctly so it's a pretty wet yeah. film yeah very wet yeah uh it's, yeah, it's a good point though yeah seven is definitely up there Thank you, mm-hmm. Jacob. Um, what do you think the wettest film with no single body of water is? IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. I've got one last email here, and it's an important... Um, it's something we need to address, really. It's an important thing that's happened recently in games. We spoke about it. I was not aware of it when we kind of spoke quite well about this uh, game last week. We said it was quite good fun. Um, Dead Island 2. This has been sent in by Alex Madison. Says, hi lads, not much from me on this one, as the image says it all. Thanks to you and your internal wisdom, we have all learnt to respect the sea. That's true, we do respect the sea here. Meanwhile in Dead Island 2, and he's sent here a screenshot, it seems to be an apartment building in Dead Island 2, which I will say is actually, do you know what, people aren't saying it very enough, well a very graphically impressive game, Dead Island 2. Um, there is a big painting on a wall in this office, it's of the sea. Uh, there's a horizon in the top third and the bottom two thirds of it is the ocean, just uh, giving people a full clear. And graffitied in big red spray paint across this image is the words fuck oceans. Very rude. They Despicable. don't expect to see. I wasn't, you know, I would, I don't think I'm going to touch this game again. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a crossing the Rubicon here. This is. Yeah. <laughs> This is the ultimate disrespect of the mm. sea I think we've ever seen. Um, and yeah, I don't really know how to deal with this. I'm kind of... My mind's all over the place. Um, we'll be uh, taking this up with Dan Buster Studios. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll be sending this screenshot along and being like, what are you doing? Mm. Speaking of Dead Island 2, if you're listening to this today, tomorrow, got a little video going live. The inside story of how Dead Island 2 was brought back from the dead. One of our inside stories. We've had a few months off them, but they're back. We've got a run of three coming up. And I think Dale might mention this a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. But uh, I've I've made this one. It's about Dead Island 2. About half an hour long. Uh, kind of tells the story of how Dan Buster finally got this game made after a decade of trying. So yeah, if you'd like to watch that, please do. It's live 4pm on Saturday UK time. 8am uh, PT, 11am Eastern. And if you're anywhere else in the world... Figure it just out. What, you know what, I'm sorry. I can't, <laughs> I can't do them all. But despite them not respecting the sea... I'm still going to put the video live. I think I'm, I haven't taken it down just yet. But yeah, we've got um, we've got others coming out. You've, uh, you've you're working on one uh, about Final Fantasy, Matthew. I, I am. Yes, if you've seen the most recent trailer for for insert the new season of Inside Stories, as we're calling it, because they're seasonal mm-hmm. now, not not Ooh, just one offs. Yeah. They're like Black Mirror now. Aren't yeah. They? Oh yeah. We're a proper uh, Netflix. Show. People are going to do. Do you think like Wired are going to do an arc where they rank IGN Inside <laughs> Stories from best to worst? Well, I wouldn't want that because uh, yours is good. I, I have watched. I have seen the behind-the-scenes yeah, premiere you know, of yours. I, but I all of the them script. are good. I've read it like yeah. six times now. <laughs> yeah, but all of them are good. They are good. You know? Yes, so, but um, yeah. yes, the the one that comes after yours is also very good. I've also seen that one in full. I still haven't. I really oh, want to see it. It's about the um, people. Remember last year there was a mysterious door apparently that appeared in Near Automata. Mm-hmm. or did it that is we'll uh, it's genuinely very very good and huge props to um that's reb valentine that kind of worked mm. on that from our it's, news team yeah. it's her debut inside stories it's fucking great and then yeah i'm back with another uh, which is about all of those rumors about how to bring Aerith back in final fantasy 7 nice good stuff to get watched coming up over the next few weeks we're going to plug our own work because why not why else do we do this podcast and don't make any money from it <laughs> check uh, out ign at ign on twitter if you uh, want <laughs> exactly. up to the moment breaking news yeah amazing um oh what music do we want i didn't uh did we do that uh song from do? black mirror oh heaven is a oh you want to do exit music for a film god yeah. absolutely <laughs> i need excuse to put radiohead on i'm doing it even if it is is it the most depressing song of all time it's quite it's, possibly it's like in top five isn't it <laughs> yeah banging enjoy good night discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life. That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. 
with the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a dream breacher. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.